Welcome back to Salt and Rock. This is episode 17, Jonah, the conclusion. So we left off last week right after Jonah had repented and had accepted his call to return to Nineveh. Let's pick up right there. God says, nope, still need you to go to Nineveh. So he says, all right, I'll do it. So he goes into Nineveh. He gets there, and it says it takes three days to see the entire city. So what's the largest city you've been to? Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. Dallas, Texas. Comparatively, is Houston the same size or smaller than Dallas? It's probably bigger than Dallas. Okay. So so my thought immediately went to Houston because years ago I considered moving to Houston and I was told you'll hate it if you live in Houston. It's not because there's anything wrong with your city, but I am a small town person. Mm-hmm. I was told Houston is so big that you can be flying out of one airport in Houston and have weather delays, but the other airport in Houston be totally fine. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. So it's, yeah. it's I mean, huge. Dallas has two airports as well. That they that could be the same way too, because right. one's on one side of the town and one's on the other right. side of the town. So, so there's that. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm it's sure. a large city. Right. I didn't you know? realize it was bigger than than Dallas, but Dallas kind of does the same thing. Dallas city, is a Dallas Fort combination Worth of Dallas Fort Worth, right? So like Seattle, Houston is all by itself. Dallas has two large cities connecting each other. Anyway, it's a large city. Takes three days to get around. I would think that it'd be New York, Dallas, Houston. Right. Oh, I have um, been to New York. I don't really know how. I was really young. I think New York does the same thing. It's like as, 15. As Dallas. There's boroughs, so right. you lose, you know, you get Manhattan, Queens, all that stuff that are actual. Um, right. Either way, it's a giant city. So he gets in. He starts prophesying. He says, in 40 days, God's going to destroy Nineveh. He's going to destroy Nineveh. What do you see? You have these Ninevites that are like, oh, no, no, we'll repent. Yeah, yeah, we change, we change, we can do that. (laughs) They so they go, they start fasting. They put on sackcloths. In Jonah, it actually says burlap sackcloths, whatever. Same thing, right? So you, so you see them in this morning stage. They, you know, repenting, saying nope, no, 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 no. The king comes out, and this is almost unheard of in the Old Testament from what I've read. King says, "No, I'm going to strip down and put a sackcloth on. We're going to fast. The law is everyone has to repent." Right. Man, woman, child, animal. We mm-hmm. all need to. We all need to change our ways. Yeah. And so, God says, "Okay, awesome. you're good, awesome." Not That's why kill I him. sent Jonah. Not going to kill him. <laughs> Not going to kill him. And so, it specifically says in in verse ten, God changes his mind. Right. And so, right now, we're losing listeners because <laughs> because God changes his mind. And I know people that will say God doesn't change his mind. Hmm. It's always the same. Well, right, right here, right there. verse 10, it says God changes his mind. So God decided it wasn't a, if you don't repent, I'm going to kill you. It was, you're going to be destroyed. Right. So, and I think this is almost a parallel to Sodom and Gomorrah with, with Lot, except for the fact that when they got into Sodom and Gomorrah, they didn't repent. Exactly. So. They, they did not change and turn from their ways. Right. You know? So, so we have this, God says, all right, awesome. That's all I wanted. I just, I just wanted you to be less sinful. You see, you see a great expression of grace, mm-hmm. and we talk a lot about Old Testament God and, and not being the God of grace. It's you know kind of the God of fury, the God of wrath. But here, I, I think you see that you you still had grace there. It's just less often, right? right? So you have you have grace come through. He says, "All right, I'm not gonna not gonna swipe you off the planet or wipe you off the planet." He's not he's not on tender swiping. Not gonna wipe you well, off the planet. Well, that's good. So God doesn't kill everyone, you know. Jonah being Jonah, the, he gets angry. Yeah, being the prophet that he is, he says, "Wow, yeah. you're making me a liar." And now you've put me in a belly. 
you've made me do something I didn't want to do. You know, you, you gave me a second chance on, on coming out of the belly for life. You send me this place that I hate these people anyhow. And then you decide you don't want to kill them. I'm angry with you. I want justice. Justice. Give it to me. And that's, a, that's, I need to be justified because that's our cry of what you made today. me do. Yeah. Like this is a take home for today. Yeah. Because, and I'm not saying that, that anything that's happened in the last two years necessarily is completely wrong or completely right. But our cry today is justice. It is. Justice. We just want it's, justice. We need to see justice for this. And here's, and not to get overly political on stuff, I can argue both ways because I can play devil's advocate. Gotcha. But the Bill Cosby situation. Mm-hmm. Bill Cosby's canceled. Yep. Because he incriminated himself by telling about slipping things to women years mm-hmm. ago. Exactly. And he was in prison. He was just let out because he was promised that if he told the story, he wouldn't be held accountable for it. Right. And so you can look at either direction from that. Right, so that's that's why I'm going to use this one as opposed to anything wow. else because there's, it's it gets so muddy when you start looking at it. Uh-huh. But he gave up. He told the stories of what it what he had done under the guise that he wouldn't be tried for him. And what did we do as a culture? It we was fried him. justice. Yeah. I want justice. Yeah, and that's that's what Jonah does. So we're still doing that today. And I don't know. I don't know that this will stay in here because it's so controversial. But you see, Jonas just cry out for justice. He wants justice. He wants this movement, right? You know, you said you were going to kill these people because they're that bad. I don't care that they repented. I would rather die. Yep. Than see them be spared. Right. That's how pissed off he was. Right. <laughs> and then here's what here's what really gets me about this. The very next thing he says is. Didn't I say that you'd do this? I ran and I fleed and I got on that boat because I told you that if I went there, you weren't going to kill these people. Yeah. Because you're not honest. And I'm like, first off, look at the cojones he's, on this he's, guy. he's very ballsy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, I mean like, he's that's just confronting God just 100%, you know? Although I will say I'm impressed by it. Yeah. Because... What is what does the Bible say? Come boldly to the throne. Right. So we need to be boldly. bold. We need to be bold. Yeah. So so one of the positive takeaways from from Jonah is that we need to be bolder. We need to stand up and say this is what we need to do. Right. So you see though that God forgives these people that Jonah doesn't feel like deserve to be forgiven. Yeah. And so the other side of that token is who does God want you to forgive? Right. That you're angry with and you want God to pour out His wrath on. Mm-hmm. Because I do it. I get upset with people and I think, karma's going to get them. Right. I'm not. I'm going to be the bigger person. Yep. And karma's going to get them. God's going to get them. But guess what? We still think on it and dwell on it and live on it and, and, and wish on it and everything. I mean, Jonah hated the Ninevites. Right. You know? And God called him to them. Who's God calling us to forgive? Because that's, I mean, when you look at the story and you start to take the things out of the story, you see the whole big picture, the whole four chapters, and you start to look at the things and you're like, uh, what is God telling you to do that you haven't even done yet? Right. I mean, the Lord's speaking to us all the time. Right. I mean, it's just a matter of sit back, listen, and receive that. And when we finally receive it, it's a matter of doing it. I mean, Jonah gets called, he goes and does, and he finally gets there. I mean, what is God calling you to do? Right. That you haven't done, you know? Who are the people, like you said, who are the people that you haven't forgiven? 
I mean, this is a story that is definitely transitional into today. Right. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, minus a fish. Yeah. But even the fish, sometimes we have to take time to dwell on things. Well, and that's a dwell period. It, I mean, even if to, if you take it as translated to today and the fish is metaphorical. And, right. And, you know, maybe you're not actually sw- swallowed by a fish, but we get in those places where we're just, we feel sunk and we're almost feel alone and we're, you know, in a box or whatever. And you feel like you've isolated yourself for three days because of a situation. Right. You know? And I think that happens a lot. So maybe it's maybe you're not actually in the belly of a fish, but you're in the belly of something. And so I think even the fish part translates. So we see this. Um, you see Jonah justify his misbehavior with this. This is why I did this. This is why I did this, because I ran away because you weren't going to hold up your end of the bargain. Right. So you see him justify. And I wrote when God pivots. I, I don't think there's a better word for it. God was going in this direction. He said, oh, OK, no. No, I shouldn't do that. And so God asked Jonah, this is what I love about this story. You see God talking with Jonah, and he, he says, is it right for you to be angry? <laughs> hey, is it right for you to be angry? I would hate for him to ask me that sometimes. And so he goes off and sulks, and says he, he builds a shelter. My first thought is, what kind of shelter did he build? Because... God provides a vine to give him shade. Mm. And so so my thought is, if God gives you a plant that's giving you shade, you did a poor job of building a shelter, right? <laughs> it might have been just something to lean up against. Maybe. Okay. Who knows? All right, I mean, I'll give you that. It could be something just to lean, you know, rather than sitting on a rock, maybe built something to lean up gotcha. against. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> just, and then the vine grows up to provide shade, you know? This so, week I mean, on Learning with Blake. Uh, so Maybe Jonah was not a, a, a carpenter. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad carpenter. Um, so. It was a lean-to. <laughs> right. So, like, I just imagine Eeyore with this house of sticks. Right. Just, yeah. All I wanted was yeah. a All I want to do is a sit in the shade. Yeah. So God gives him this plant, grows, grows up, um, blocks the sun from him. And he's he's happier with that. And then God provides the worm. Right. To eat through the root. Yep. Or the root. Where root. we come from, the root. I call it a root. Oh. Well, it's not, root. You're not Southern enough. I'm not Southern <laughs> enough. I'm more Southern than you are. I agree. <laughs> um, no, I ran from that too. <clears throat> that's funny. So so he eats, eats the root, kills the plant. Plant goes away, starts to get sunburnt. Wind blows up, scorches him. Yep. And then he says. What a day. He says, oh, oh, "Death would be better than this." <laughs> I feel like, I feel like God's like, "Don't be so dramatic." Yeah, I know. So, but God says, "So, is it right to be angry because the plant died?" This is when he catches him because it doesn't. It doesn't show his response, right? Right. When he asks him the first time, "Is it right for you to be angry about Nineveh?" He's just like, Phew. "I just he's feel like he just huffing. huffs, right? Yeah. Huffs and walks off." And so this time he doesn't huff. He goes, "Yes." Yes. It's fine for me to be angry. Yes. Even enough to die. And God says, well, it's one plant. Yeah. You feel sorry for one plant that you didn't do anything to put here. It came quickly and died quickly. Right. Nineveh has 120,000 people, plus the animals, which I'll come back to the animals thing. Shouldn't I feel sorry for them? You feel bad for this plant. Right. There's 120,000 people here. I shouldn't feel sorry for them. I should just kill them. Let just the worm eat just, just and take so them out. It's it's just like relational thing. And I, I just think we get so caught up in our own 
minutia. We get caught up in our own minutia of the, what's going on in our own lives versus everything else and everybody else around us. And I think that's probably where Jonah was at. He was so caught up in the in the what he was asked told to do and going and doing and then changing his mind anyhow. I think right. he was so out there, just messed up, having a relationship with God and being able to talk to him and, and vent his anger at right. him. For those of you that don't know what minutia means, it's distractions. Because I had to look it up. The now that you know what it is, you can skip backwards 30 seconds and listen to that whole spiel again. Because if you were like me, confused about the whole thing because you didn't know what that one word was, then you can skip this definition. Isn't technology great? All right, back back on. Yeah, you threw me because I didn't know what it meant. You never heard that? Nope. Good vocabulary word, though. The little things. The little things. You know, he's so caught up in all the little things that he's not he's not looking at the big picture of what God has for him. Gotcha. Right. Sorry about that. That's all good. I mean, I I'm all for using big words. I just I just know that I've got a simple a simple mind. Yeah. So and I listened for a minute, and I couldn't. What's the word? There's a word when you listen to other things around it and come up with a definition based on the in, right in context. Right. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Yeah. So and I said I'd come back to this. The animals. The animals. God specifically says X amount of men plus the animals. I'm like. We never we don't talk about talk about killing no. animals. I mean, and well, I mean, for the ark, you saved them two by two. And let's you let's have to not f- get into that. Though. You have to find the balance, right? Right. You know, I'm not I'm not working for PETA. I eat cow. I eat a lot of meat. Elk. It shows that God's heart is not only just for people. Right. Oh yeah, I like that. We hear the music, the mm-hmm. Sarah McLaughlin songs. We see the animals, and we want to donate money. Right. God's yeah. heart is there too. That's the thing. I know. I, I love my dogs. I, I thought it was. I thought it was neat that that he he, that he threw the animals out there. Too. Right. It is neat because yeah. I'm like, man, we don't like we don't think about the fact that God's thinking about our dogs. Right. Um, well, I mean, he, we know that all yeah. dogs go to heaven. They all do. I don't or, know about cats, according but. to Disney. But <laughs> so I think if you look at the whole breakdown of Jonah from chapter one to chapter four, there's a lot of stuff um, that we can, we can relate to. We hit those points about how Jonah relates to us, but there's also some, some big truths about God. Story of Jonah shows us that, you know, God is a great provider. He provided a storm. He provided a fish. He provided the vine. He provided the worm and the wind, you know? So all of these things God provided through Jonah. Thanks for joining us today on Salt and Rock. If you liked what you heard, Feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash saltplusrock. Once again, all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps. 